set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet, day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked hand. Such fasting as you do will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the throngs of the yoke, and let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. And you shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, 
but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human, except the human spirit that is within? So also, no one comprehends what is truly God's, except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. 
This past week, it seemed no matter where I looked or what I heard or who I was talking to, it was a bit like that classical opening to one of Charles Dickens' novels. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. If we listen to what's going on in the wider world, we see an economy riding so high, and yet we are more bitterly divided than ever. Some of us here, even today, gathered in community, are wrestling with things that are too hard for words in our inner lives and in our interpersonal lives. And into the midst of that, we have the prophecy of Isaiah today, speaking in no uncertain terms. What does it mean to lift the yoke from among us? What does it mean to remove the pointing of the finger from among us? What does it mean to be repairers of the breach? Isaiah was speaking to the people of God who were very well versed in what it meant to be faithful in their ritual. To show up, as we all do, on Sunday morning, or Saturday in their case, to attend to all of the dots that needed, the I's that needed to be dotted. I was about to say the dots that needed to be eyed, but that's a whole different thing. The T's that needed to be crossed. Because they thought that being ritually right was sufficient to be right with their God. And Isaiah is reminding them and reminding the faithful across the centuries that it is not enough simply to show up. But if we are not transformed by our ritual practice, and if we are not behaving in accordance with our ritual practice out there in the wider world, we are really good for nothing, Isaiah says, in no uncertain terms. And that's hard for us. It's hard for us to be reminded of our own hypocrisy. I've been reminded by some of you of that in recent weeks. And it's hard to hear, but it is true. It's a very human problem. Removing the pointing finger from among us is an ancient problem as it was too for the early Christian community. One of the first rules that we have about Christian life and community together comes from the rule of St. Benedict and he talks about murmuring in community. He talks about gossip, the pointing of the finger, and how toxic and divisive that is, and how that provokes bitterness. This is an old problem, as old as the hills, as old as the human family. And yet, we are reminded by Isaiah today that we are called to be greater than that. Jesus picks up that thread that Isaiah wove deep into the tradition and takes it one step further for those first disciples and for us so many centuries later today when he says, you are the salt of the earth. As I wrote to you earlier this week, he doesn't say try to be salt of the earth. He doesn't say be salt of the earth half the time, or when you think about it, he says, you are. You are. 
It's that same language that God uses to talk about God's self when God says, I am. We have fancy language in philosophical schools to describe it, but we are talking about the very basic foundation of our being as Christians, as people of faith. You are the salt of the earth. Maybe a little bit harder for us to understand in the time and place we live now because we have salt whenever we want it, right? But anyone who cooks knows how essential a little bit of salt can be to a recipe. How essential salt is to our well-being, if you've studied biology at all. But people in the ancient Near East understood salt not just as something nice to have, but as an absolute necessity for life itself. Something very precious. Something scarce that you needed in order to survive and that you needed to flavor the food, that you needed to preserve the food because there was no refrigeration, and that because it was always dry and you were always sweating, you needed it simply to live. I was reflecting this week, what is it in our society of material abundance that we find so scarce and yet so precious? And what came to my mind was time. What would it mean if Jesus says to us, you are the time? Say, the time is now, of course, but also to say the time that you give to one another is precious, is essential, is the place where that abundant life we heard about in today's collect at the beginning of the service, that abundant life begins. You are the time. Perhaps we can understand more easily when Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Because we know the darkness so well. We don't have to look very far to see it. We hear about it all the time. Sometimes we feel like we are absolutely snuffed out by it. And yet Jesus says, don't try to be the light. Don't be the light part-time. You are the light simply by being where you are. And as it says elsewhere in the Gospels, that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. That is our call. Wherever we find ourselves, not just here on a Sunday morning gathered as we are in the comfort of our ritual tradition, but out there in the world with whomever God calls us to be with. Wherever we find ourselves, we are salt and light, lifting the yoke, removing the pointing of the finger from among us. Where are you called to that this week, my sisters and brothers? To be salt, to be light, to offer that most precious commodity of time to those who most need your presence, to heal the bitterness, to talk of God's abundant love, 
to bring compassion where compassion is needed, to be repairers of the breach. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.